0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dogs Basketball Podcast. As we're not sure what to say about the Dogs anymore. I'm Nick Malone, joined by Noah Lurch. Noah, that's an appropriate intro, because we really don't. This has been one of the worst six-game stretches, I think, we can remember in terms of overall play. Clearly, all of them have their own thing. There are two that are similar. The one we just witnessed the other night is eerily similar to the one we saw just a couple weeks ago. Six game stretch. Uh let's go through them here. It is a 18 home loss at Drake. Had had your moments lost. Bradley, 23 points home game. Uh comeback blown. Uh let's see. At U and I had a chance. Lost. Almost lost to Valpo at home. Had to come back 20 points down Murray. And then this Missouri State, which we were just talking right before this it's misery state, you know, that's kind of what they've been deemed It's what they've been deemed over the years. And that's honestly what could, if you could, you know, merge that name into anything with SIU, that's kind of how we feel right now. And there's a lot of things to discuss again, more of the wider scope. We'll try to touch on some of that stuff, but clearly this game. And again, the dogs just keep playing worse and worse. It's going on.
1: Yeah. It's just, uh, we see it. We've said it so many times is, this roller coaster of a season and it's it's a roller coaster of every game from here on out it feels like here and you talked about that stretch and um yeah we're not sure exactly we don't want to keep on coming on on here and repeating ourselves but like until the staff and the players fix these problems we continue to talk about it's like what else do we have to say besides well guys it's the same stuff and but yeah there's a lot more wider scope we can go from here and uh talk about
0: and again, it's one thing to lose these games if you were truly like that bottom half team that people expected you to be. And it, it's worse whenever you show the signs, you show that you're a decent team, pretty good team. You have a guy who's in the running for player of the year, which we haven't, you know, we talked about in the last one about our picks and I picked X and just thinking about the last time I you had a player of the year had to have been Jamal Tatum. I didn't fact check that. That had to be the case. Haven't had one since then. So it's like, It'd be really cool, and you can sustain and be that you know top four team. You could fight for that spot, and we were staring at dead in the eyes yesterday due to other game or the other night that other games happened, and we could have been sticking uh, in that spot. But we do keep repeating ourselves, no doubt, and said on the tweet that it's like, how many times do we have to keep preaching about the bad play this team has before people either you know hound us for it for not necessarily like calling us like fake fans or anything, but I'm sure they're thinking like, "Oh, these guys are neg- never positive. These guys are this and that. And it's like, well, it's one thing to just preach the truth and the facts of what we see as basketball fans. And, you know, nothing's really getting better. Again, you know, we're still six and five in the league for what that's worth. It really, you know, it's crazy that it seems that way, but it just shows. But now the middle of the conference is packing in and you're leading to other teams having the tiebreakers over you. That's, At the end of the day, matters most. And it's just a tough spot that, you know, we're in as fans just covering this. It's just, you know, (laughs) it's a lot better. You know, the Murray game was like excited to talk about that. And then it's like two steps forward or one step forward, two steps back kind of thing that seems like it has happened over the last six games and over the, you know, whole thing of this season. So we'll talk about the usual, of course, about the other games. Probabilities are updated, all the usual. Uh, and then we'll talk about our second matchup with UIC here near the end. Um, I mean, know if we were to just look at the stats from the first half, it was one of those things you, you looked over to me the other, you know, that night and said, how many points did we put up in the first half? This had to be one of our highest. It seemed like, and it was, and I mean, we went back and you said like the Kentucky state game, maybe there were some other games in there that we were scoring this uh, however many was it 42 points in the first like we were you know approaching that number that we liked and said okay you'll give yourself a great chance to win if you can score that much and it was efficient again I mean it was it was 53 percent 54 percent overall 53 from three you know missed two free throws I forgot even who that was I mean both bigs were making their free throws that's when you kind of thought, oh, this could be our night. If Scotty and Clarence are making the free throws, that's a great sign. And they were shooting 41%, 9% from three, Noah. I mean, again, if 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 we could just end games at halftime, it'd be great. And But that's not the case, and that shows the inconsistency because Murray was the complete opposite. Other games have been the complete opposite. <clears throat> and then we preach the 40-minute game all the time. You said it a lot, and that's clearly what we just cannot do. Uh no, how can we play so well in the first half? Well, we know the answer, but I'll just lead it off, or I'll just give it to you on the on the topic here of how we can look so great in the first half and then fall apart and a lot of it has to do with us just playing not to lose and that's pretty much the whole thing of why we've lost these particular games.
1: Yeah, and it continues to be I feel like a lot of games where it's not even a fir- we don't even play well for the full first half. It's once that first media timeout that's when i guess they get settled in or whatever what have whatever they feel comfortable doing and get stuff going because it another slow start it was missed jumper by aj turnover by clarence turnover by aj and troy missed and it was just like uh-oh another slow start we know x gets off to a little slow start so we're like all right let's see finally somebody get going and clarence got a clarence clarence had a dunk that got us going got the energy going For the team, and um, they just started started playing well offensively and shooting shooting well. If you look at the first half numbers, I mean, you you went over them, but we got them from everybody. Troy was chiming in, hitting key threes. Trent was hitting three threes. I mean, both X and Trent hit two threes a piece, and Troy added two of his own. So, I mean, shooting that kind of percentage, we're gonna live by it, and playing the playing the defense we do on the three point line is where we're key. And that's why they shot one of 11, but we only had, we had five turnovers to their three in that first half. We're still turning the ball over way too much at times. Like I said, we just had, we had two before the first media timeout and that's just not, that's where things go South for this team and just playing well. you got good minutes from um, Scotty, 10 minutes in that first half um, should add two more extra two extra points on the board because Troy missed two free throws. I mean, him, he made two of four, but when we saw Clarence and Scotty, we're like, all right, maybe this is our night. We can just get an all around performance, but obviously we'll dive into the second half, but it was a really good first half and felt, felt like, all right, this is, this is where we need to be. We're building off that Murray game and jumping out to a big lead and shooting the ball well, this is where we want to be, right in the driver's seat, especially with a hot team, the Bears coming in. They're off their wins. Um, obviously, they beat Drake, and we had them where we wanted them. And because this is where this this is where the team I thought, obviously, we've blown two big leads, is where this team should want to play from, is from the lead, because obviously the big comeback against Murray, but those things aren't going to happen very often, but you had them right where you wanted and could have keep kept them at bay for the most part of that first half. It was back and forth for a little bit, but finally took over with our great shooting.
0: Yeah, and again, if you shoot 8 of 15 your, from 3, your opponent shoots 1 of 11. Their best player, which we'll talk about Donovan Clay, he, he was incredible, but he had three first-half fouls. Austin Mason, their other best player, shot 1 of 7. And you said you're only up eleven. You would think there's no way. And the reason being is because they had twenty paint points, and you know to our twelve. So it's like, okay, and you know, up eleven, it's still a fine lead, but it's not as much as it should. If you we, how many times have we kept saying we're a bad paint defensive team, awful, and that's why? Yes, we're a great three point defensive team, one of eleven, but you know, and you know, you say it a lot. You'll you're not good not saying you'll allow open looks at the rim but it's like okay you'll you'll live with that over allowing chance more Alston you know I was gonna t- I mean I don't even know who else just thinking about it who else can like shoot well like Damian Mayo had their only three and it was a corner three and they were letting him shoot throughout the first half and Donovan you know can't shoot it like from that range that often. our Edwards can a little bit and you have some other players but they're not like a overall great you know shooting team there's only like a couple guys so you know, you, you play a team that's not a great three-point shooting team, so you can do something like that, but they're a really good paint and interior team. And, again, you have Austin Mason, who's red-hot, struggling, and play with three fouls. You would think you have this game in the bag, you know to, to an, you know, to an extent until you realize and the PTSD sets in of, well, how many times have we been in this position before? And, you know, no matter you know how talented they were, we knew they'd figure it out. And we've talked endlessly about Dana Ford and his positioning and, you know, he's been turning it around lately, and it'll be fun to just talk about their stretch coming up. If they do some great things these next couple games, look out, because they could very well make a push for, you know, this area that we want to be in, because they're honestly – they're right behind us as it stands now. But, yeah, X was good first time. I mean, all of them. We had three double-digit scores, Trent, X, and Troy. All of them were playing really, really well. Trent, again, I mean, he only had one look and said three-point line, but he made it. That typical stuff. Um and then we'll get – I mean, AJ, 13 minutes, didn't score. He had the one uh, – or he didn't score to this point, but we'll get to him. It's like, you know, and I can think of another game in the earlier part of the season where he didn't score, and it was like, if you did, we'd probably win the game. Uh, we'll get to his game here. But everybody but Yovan and Jarrett played in the first half, and Jarrett was about to sub in on defense there at the end of the first half for defense, uh, but they took him back out. Trey came in – or Kennard came in for X because X had two fouls. The moment we stupid, he I think he he fouled Cesar Edwards when he should just let him have a layup, and that was his second foul. Took him out the final play there after he made free throws, uh, doing what we want them to do take him out in those moments, and they did. So Trent was the only one with 20 minutes in that first half, but looking great, as we've said, could have been even a little better after that. But I mean, Noah, again, they, they just we actually built up a, a couple of 11 to 12 point leads throughout the second half, and you know, again, the whole idea of this blown lead again was playing scared. And, I mean, we can just dive into everything and we'll just pick apart things that just come to our mind. But, um, you know, how many times in, in years past have we said, this offense is unbearable. It's, it's unwatchable. And, you know, we'll get to a, a mailbag that we had, you know, one of the few that we got talking about it. And we were saying how with Marcus and Lance, you had two guys, like, that did everything. And offense looked unwatchable at times. And now you have one guy doing it, and it looks worse than it ever has. And there were way too many moments of that in this game. Uh, but, you no, I, I think some of the guys just got going. And sometimes talent prevails, and you kind of figure it out through a game. And, you know, before the game and through the week, I was saying, Chance Moore, for some reason, he's just going to he's just gonna do something. And it's kind of just a just an air eh prediction of, like, oh, yeah, he might figure it out. He might hit a couple threes. He turned it around. Don with still three fouls. He got his fourth in this game or in the second half, but broke out. Austin figured it out. And other than that, no, it wasn't a whole lot of people that beat you. But we can go ahead and if we were giving dogs to the game to the opponent, not only was Clay dominant down the stretch, but Damian Mayo, Noah, he, when he got on X and it was evident right away, Austin's on him or it was Clay on him. Excuse me, that it's like he got his first foul. And it's like, okay, yeah. Clay can't guard him. Dana figured that out. But, no, as soon as Damian Mayo got on X, it made it hard for him, and he still ended up with 28 points. Uh, but that just changed everything, we would like to think, of how our flow was, whether we even ever have any flow to the offense or not. Damian Mayo changed this game, and then Donovan Clay took over. You no, know, There's a move also that they should have put Clarence on Don at one point for size reasons because Don was bullying Troy in the paint, and he made him pay. What else did – I mean, there's so much more of the second half, but, like, You know, what you saw from those Missouri State guys that kind of made them turn it around, maybe, and made it easy for them. Like I said, Clay, maybe that switch should have happened. And then Damian Mayo's defense, all of that. What, you know, I say it every time to you, but what really did stick out in this second half that, again, just when we played at our worst and we let a team come back again?
1: Yeah, this is where I thought they should have made the switch with Clarence way, way early in the second half when he got going. I mean, that's the guy that was picked preseason, I mean, first team all-conference. And this is where they've been looking for that guy to go along with Mason. Obviously, Mason, 4 of 19, 1 of 9. I mean, that's I, – I talked about in the preview. This is Xavier Johnson versus the other – one of the other best point guards in the league. And X showed you defensively he's still that guy and outshining out one of the best scorers in the league. So uh, – but, yeah, I mean, this is all Donovan Clay – and those other guys I mean Chance Moore Edwards coming in there he struggled struggled from the field but he came in there keeping had six or three offensive rebounds that was key Chance Moore had some offensive rebounds um ended up out, out rebounding them in the game by five but ended up with 16 turnovers that's just way too many and yeah I mean down the stretch here I and mean, when we saw it and guys are we talk about it every week I feel like it's three guys 43 minutes for X 45 for Trent 44 for Troy these guys are wearing down but it's the last five minutes of the game we went into that dribble up the floor all right let's dribble let X dribble to half court for 20 seconds and let's see what happens and it was I mean they continue to just do this and it's never gonna work I mean just that we had turnovers and shot clock violations, but I don't know how many times you you can do the same thing over and over again and expect different results because then after the game, even jumping in the post game, Brian said, well, I thought in the last five minutes, we could have, we could have gotten into the offense and attack downhill. Then uh, why'd you let it happen for five minutes? I mean, that just shows you where we are with the staff and we continue to talk about them and, Just too many, too many turnovers, awful offense down the stretch. I mean, like I said, you had them right where you wanted. You got good minutes from your bigs. I mean, Clarence and Scotty, I mean, only two minutes for Scotty in the second half is very bad. And he was asked again, well, yeah, there's probably times, but I wanted those guys to close it out. You can always have those guys close it out. You you are wearing those guys down way too much, and it shows you, and it's going to show down the stretch here in the month of February where maybe an injury pops up with one of them because they can't play that many minutes um, because this the depth is still not there. Jared Hensley, one minute in this game. Just I know N.J. Benson and Cesar Edwards are big, but he's a body that can give you minutes, and if you don't feel comfortable with that matchup, uh, he's more comfortable at the four and we've seen him play better at the four, but he refuses to change these rotations. Trey Miller, two minutes. I mean, these guys are, are getting rained into the ground continuously by their coach and their coach lets them falter late, late in a game. Once again, I mean, these home games are starting to get very, very bad. And I just, it's, it's hard to watch. And I mean, we talked about it after the game and, have since then but i've never seen we would x would walk the ball at the floor and start dribbling at the half line the fans were starting to boo because we all know what's going to happen happen. you're just going to do that and nothing was going to come of it and you let them get in rhythm i mean that's credit to some adjustments dana ford made i mean continue to continue to make adjustments play different lineups and find i mean find Different plays for Don Clay. They used Don Clay one late in the game. I think it tied it for Chance Moore. They used De- Don Clay as a decoy, and Chance Moore got a wide-open three, and he hit it. Just different things down the stretch there. They did very well, and obviously they locked down defensively late there in the game, and that's why you shot in the second half.
0: 26% overall and 22% from three. 26 overall is – when you do that crap at home and – when you, you know, you can't get, I mean, it's one thing, again, you, you do the same stuff year in year out possession by possession season in season out of one guy dribbling. And you said it there. That's what I was going to say next was I've never seen it to where people would boo as soon as you hit the half court line and there's still 25 seconds left on the shot clock. It's actually, it's crazy. Uh but they did know right away and everyone's tired of it. You know, I, I my parents were at the game and my, and they say the same thing. And if you talk to anybody around who watched it on TV, who was at the game, they're tired of it too. And as much as they love X and we all love X and it's really not on him. It's just, you know, and, and we always say that it's not really on him. And, it, and they, they put him in a position to do too much, but there's no doubt in moments of games where, and we'll talk about down the stretch here again, when he, When he gets to the rim and he gets layups to fall, he'll everything opens up for him and he is as confident as ever. When he's not getting that to go, and guys are shutting him off. Shout out to Damian Mayo, that he's dishing it to other people who can't really create their own shot. Like it takes Trent his fifth year to fully be confident and putting the ball on the ground. Troy is not a guy to create his own shot. He's become a spot up shooter almost. Like he's been good around the paint. I mean, he's six eight. What do you expect? kind of thing i mean you have centers who if you give the ball to in the paint he'll make something happen clarence has tried i don't remember the last time clarence scored on a post move he just he feeds off of great dishes by x to find him open when they collapse on x um you know, got aj who seems there only is like one play that really gets him going he's been struggling again one point in this game for aj unacceptable uh and you know you said there too that it's like if you let Dana Ford make adjustments on you, who has been known as one of the worst coaches in the Valley since he's been here, that's a problem. And if it takes him just, and, and they're just feeding off confidence. That's the thing. That's what we were able to do where we you're off confidence on the road. And, you know, you just play, not play like you are bent to lose. You know, I say that too much, but it's like, you kind of are, the position that they've been in all season, you're kind of just going and fighting and you smell blood in the water when you look at our offense and, Again, there's moments where X can find the open hole to drive and he doesn't do it. Like I said, he'll dish it to someone who can't create their own shot. They give it back to him. Next thing you know, those three seconds left, and it's a heave. Like, I just don't get how you do this. Like, whether, you know, the same, um, you know, kind of offense, they try to run where it's just a step off. Everything else we already know, but it's even like when it's not even that, it's dribbled around its ball screen and it's nothing. But if X can't get downhill and buy his defender to kick out or create for himself, were nothing and we went stretches there where it was absolutely pitiful and and Jared playing one minute he came in and shot once and it was a four shot but it's like he is literally born and bred to score that's literally what he is Well, will t- I mean there was a mailbag and so we were asked about Jared and it's like he needs he needs to play like he has decent enough straight up defense sure he's skinny but Play the four, even if that means playing Troy at the three, who Troy's a better shooter than A.J. at this point. A.J. made like four threes at Murray. He can't shoot a lick at three at home. Troy can seem to shoot threes at home. So if you put Troy at the three, Jared at the four, and you play bigger, and you – I mean, Troy can guard, you know, the chance mores of the world too. So it's okay. But A.J.'s not going and you need offense, so Kennard's not going to play. Okay. Then you, put, you, then you do what I just said there. But they didn't even do anything like that. Like you said, besides Trey coming in there to spill X here or there when he had, was in foul trouble, there's really nothing to show for it, and uh, there's just there's just too much here. And you know, some of this play by play went after after uh, uh, Clarence had a massive offensive rebound and put back layup in this game that was really clutch throughout this latter stretch here. Uh, you know, an X made a three, but after that, it was you know Damian Mayo was getting go. You know, this been Austin and Damian were getting shots to fall. Damian had an and one. Next thing you know, they're down two. Then this is when it, you know, we're missing threes at the end of the shot clock. And then X has it, and he's able to, you know, we call it timeout. So it's like, okay, you literally just called the timeout 47 seconds up to, and X tries so hard to step back, try to get the guy in the air and draw a foul. And they're ne- not going to get you that call. And we were talking about why it's like, well, it's obvious, you know, rest do their research before a game, and they say this guy is shooting 100 more free throws than any other guy in the valley. We're not gonna just give these two, no matter how great of a player he's he's shown to be. That those situations you're never gonna get it. And he did it twice there. That shot, and then the, the final uh play to win it with 18 seconds after Chance Moore had a layup there off an offensive rebound. So you're tied. Get an awful look. Don't get the look. The fact that you have so much time there, Brian lets him play, and you cannot get a shot off. Or you do get a shot off, but it's a four step IX, and he's just looking to get fouls. And Again, if X isn't getting the layups and he's relying on free throws, he's not at his best. And if he's not at his best, we are screwed. So then it got to overtime, and then you no, know, they just were firing on all cylinders. Really, I mean, X went one of two from the free throw line, so you're up one. Then Don, you know, got back to back points here in between Trent having a huge three to give us a two point lead after Don scored. Don scored again, and then Chance had one of the toilet bowl round round the way threes with two minutes left, up three. Don hits a jump shot. Troy, thankfully, comes down and hits a huge shot. So now you're down two. X ties it with two free throws you get bailed out on. And then, no, they have 20 seconds left. And it's, okay, we did all this to tie. Thankfully, X made his free throws. And Don has ice in his veins. And, again, I feel bad just thinking back on just the other episode. We didn't have him on our uh, – we didn't have him on our uh, – any of our on our whatever teams. And if he continues to do this great – you know, these great things and they move up. He's going to make it. And and they put the ball in his hands and he, you know, even with Clarence on him and he was step back, jump shots. He was getting that to fall throughout the latter parts of the game. And he got it to fall. And then Noah, go through the the, the plays here that literally we got it. We were already pissed to the moon, but we walked out after, after this happened. And we'll, we'll just dive into what we missed. And of course the irony of what happened at the very end, but what happened there to where after Don scored no timeouts for, or we do have a timeout, excuse me. We don't, uh, advance the ball and we get it there. Unbelievable what happened there.
1: Yeah, it's just another coaching mishap where you should not take that timeout. You should get it up the court and draw something up. But instead, you take that timeout and what you do is, all right, no timeouts left. They had them set up, and I think a a square, square and X goes towards the half court line away from the basketball. Well, one, there's your problem. Then we're trying to they're denying Clarence. Well second question, why is the ball going to Clarence Rupert? Where's what's he gonna do with four seconds and full court to go? And Troy tries to force one. He had no it's either take a five second call or try to force it over the defender and it ends up a turnover. Uh Cesar Edwards steals it and Troy fouls him. And it he makes both, of course, and it's a four point game. Then X makes a almost a half court shot when it doesn't matter um, to lose by one. It's just another coaching mishap. You, you don't take a time out there to let them set up their defense. You get it in X's hands and let it get up half court and probably around 2.7, 2.8 or even more, depending how X gets it up the court, that you can have a time out and draw up a better set because just another coaching mishap of Brian Mullins down the stretch there in late game situations that we have struggled under him so more so much in his tenure here and it's just one of those things where you can only only let a guy grow as a coach, as a young guy, and he still is a young coach so much before there's things that has to things have to change and we're we're letting him grow and adjust and things are for me are getting worse as I watch him handle these games and offenses and just listen to the post game. I just, the, the things he says there toward the end of how he says on the post game uh, about the play and that they were going to try to get the clearance and get it going towards downhill where why would you give it to your center to try to get the ball going towards downhill? What If he gets it there, what's he doing? Is he dribbling towards half court with then there's two seconds left and thrown to X? X is probably getting denied. So are taking Clarence Rupert from half court? I just, I don't understand what they were thinking. And it's just, like I said, uh, another late game, late game mishaps by this team and by this, by this staff of letting another, Home game slip away and blowing another home lead. It's it's getting getting ridiculous and just the way they end games. And like I said, go go to the obviously in football we call it the prevent prevent defense when you're up big. Well, under Brian Mullins, they've created the prevent offense in basketball where it's just get too stagnant and whether that he talked about after the game, like I said, of he would like to get into things quicker and get downhill. Well, is that on him or is that on your point guard? That's paying, playing 39 minutes a night is you gotta, there's gotta be some communication. Hey, get into things quicker or is that on your coach? Just let things happen like that because there's another, another thing of getting coach circles around. I mean, I, I don't know how many Saluki fans I've heard it from and Valley fans about. Dana Ford's the worst coach in the Valley. Well, he came into your, our arena and out coached Brian Mullen. So, what else is
0: there to say? Exactly. And, but even like, yeah, I mean, Dana plant, you know, coaching like his jobs on the line. So, it's almost like in some where he's not going to out coach the top guys, but even those middle guys like Brian is, he'll find a way. And if it's in its ultimate desperation, of play, then I think you will see it to where it can bring out the best in a coach because of the fighting for the job thing. And we did see that from Dana. And you know what? And I think Brian just puts too much trust into the players that like he put too much trust in the market, just too much trust in the X to where there's like a lack of coaching. To where I don't have to say much, you know, I'll say something to him, but it's kind of like they make their own call and then the, and the player gets put in a bad spot with, like, you know, why. Why am I having to do all? I, and I'm just—I don't even know if this is a thing. It just seems like it because you put the best players always in bad opportunities, and you make them make every single play to where if they mess up, it's like you know we we try to just in the moment say, oh, what's the player doing?" And but it's the coach who either didn't say anything to them or told them to do something that clearly didn't work out. And that final play there, again, whenever you're you're trying to whatever the naysayers to say, okay, we're not going to give it to X because everybody knows we're giving it to X. So X literally ran, runs a curl, runs you know from half court. which, by the way, we're the worst team in the country of just getting the ball up on a press. That's what the Missouri State did in this game really well, is the press. Guys are scared to dribble the ball up the floor, kick it up to somebody or do something. They're always forcing it to X. They can't get the ball and dribble. Troy and Trent are so scared to dribble the ball, it's crazy. Um, Troy has unbelievable turnovers when he's forced and he's pressurized. And even in that play there where, yes, you should advance it call timeout, get it up to somebody. AJ was open almost all the time down the seam there or down the, the uh, sideline. Getting the ball, timeout, good. You're good to go. And then you get the around 2.8 like you said. And, but the fact that they do that and you put Troy in an awful spot, which, again, you trust Troy to make those those inbounds, you would think. And then he throws over Clarence's head because Clarence is trying to come get the ball. And then it just falls right in the Cesar Edwards' lap. Couldn't believe it. And again, you're trying to be non uh, like not too obvious with X getting the ball. You're putting him way out of the play. And you're right; he he did mention like getting, I guess, Clarence downhill. It's like that that doesn't make sense. That's why it's like I wonder if Clarence was going to get it to then give a handoff to somebody. But you just didn't have enough time. You barely had five seconds to do all that stuff. It's like set like a you know a, an up screen to get X down to then just let him get the ball in again. You want to do something different than just have X just throw up a shot, no doubt about it. But when it looks that bad, it's like you're trying too hard to not – to just do something different. It's like just do what you – what you really should do at the end when you're unsure and doing full-court heaves or full-court anything is just give it to your best player and have them do it. And that was ugly as heck. We left. So Edwards makes both free throws, of course – And then X goes down with one second left and makes a three and we only lose by one. That's when you look at the final score and you're like, how is that by one? It's like, of course it is. So just unbelievable. And yeah, the whole scope of it is, you know, five years is way too long to to keep trying to figure things out, no matter if you're not even 40 years old or not, you know, age has nothing to do with it. It's all about experience. Uh, And, you know, if you really don't know what to do in certain moments, then that's a sign. And again, if you put too much trust in your players, that's also a sign. And if you just, again, this isn't, we've so many times we got to say it. It's not 2007. You can't play this way, you know? And luckily if X, if X had 10 less points a game, let's say what we actually expected from like 13, 14 a game, then you'd be scoring still 65 a game. We're scoring 73 a game because of X is scoring 25 points per game. It's like, We'd be right in the same wheelhouse again if if things were realistic. And shout out to X for being great. And it'd be sixty five scored sixty allowed. You'd be in the same boat. You cannot play this way in twenty twenty four. And that's why Josh Schertz has more success than us and anyone in the span of just three years because you you have offense in twenty twenty four that wins you games and you're capable enough on defense. And that's that's the scope of it all. It's kind of just again, it's it's unbelievable on the wider scope of talking about this, knowing that. Not only is people turned on Brian, they really have, and that's what we've continuously said that we did not want to have happen. Everybody wanted him to succeed, and but everything with the future of not having guys for next year, um, which we lost on another one recently, uh, and you know your style of play, your the fact that you're not, you know, you're you're nothing beyond next year. Everything else, again, your your hits to the point where he's coaching like his jobs on the line. We see Tim Leonard walking around, you know, with his head in his palms, just reacting. It's like he's mad at the game, but he should be thinking more into uh obviously what the future holds for a lot of different things. You let the season play out and you know, like, but again, nobody should treat this like any other loss because this team can't afford to lose these home games. They just can't. So then you start to spiral and then you do what people expect you to do. And that's when it's a bad spot for Brian and as a whole. So uh, Noah, your your thoughts on it. You've already touched on, but your final thoughts on that in the scope of just where things stand with it. We have nine games left, but it's in a weird spot here. And then dive into the to the uh, other games that happened, and then we'll move on.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, and I mean, we I've talked about it a little bit on here, but I've I've told you and multiple other people. I feel like this staff knows it. So. The, the end is near because they're recruiting 2024 like that and it's hard to and i mean if an extension was coming i agree it should have, i agree with some people that say it should have happened after the wins you the game the season you had last year and you could recruit that way because you can't get come kids to come in here and without one more year left under you got to have some kind of extension to be able to recruit but and you can't trust them you can't trust the staff in the portal because outside of X and Clarence has been good sometimes so but other than that yeah i mean i'm just the his post answers i'm tired of hearing that he said we're he they've proven they can play with anybody in the league uh, apparently he didn't watch his own drake and indiana state games and obviously when bradley is playing pretty good ball you you showed what you can do against them in the second half um, then the Scotty situation—you've been asked about that too many times, Brian—and you give the same stupid answer. When you—you sh- you sh- you saw what happens when you play Scotty more minutes on Saturday, but that is what it is. But yeah, I mean, just one last thing. After this game, Sau now has three of the sixty-two biggest collapses in college basketball this year, according to Kim Palm, with win probability percentage, and all three have come at home. That was Bradley, Missouri State, Austin P—all double-digit leads at home. Then now jumping in to the other Valley games that happened on Tuesday. We talked about it when we we mentioned it when we were uh, recording Illinois State played at Murray State, Murray State with another double-digit lead at home, and they blew it to 15-point lead against Illinois State, a team that can't shoot a lick, and what do they do? They blow it 5-17 of for the Redbirds from three uh chase walker the freshman they took the red shirt off of 12 points four rebounds to lead the way for the redbirds that's this we knew if he if he got to play a little bit this year he could be a problem down the stretch uh for murray state quincy anderson 16 points he missed a three for the win at the end of that game then on wednesday indiana state went on the road belmont gave them their best shot that's what's going to happen every night sycamores are going to get everybody's best shot Swope led the way with 17. Dia had 22. Um, still without Gillespie, not sure exactly when he'll be back, but well, they're still struggling without him. But they gave him their best shot. That's a tough place to play. And credit to Indiana State um, to the state to hang in there and finish that off and get a six-point win. You and I goes on the road at Bradley. We found out a little bit. Uh, obviously coming off no Bowen born, He was back, had 16 points, but 85-69 win for the Bears. That's just Connor Hickman's playing very well, 22 points. Malavi had 18-8. and eight. Duke Dean had a tough game after we uh, put him on the second team. Two of eight shooting, 0 for four from three. Did have seven assists, had eight points. But uh, Bradley continues to hang in there and play tough against everybody at home and blow teams out. They when when they get up double digits they don't blow it they they step on your throat and end the game. Valpo on the road at Drake they played well a uh, uh, career high from Isaiah Stafford thirty two points on the road at Drake. Um, but 81-70 win for the Bulldogs seventeen from seventeen points from Tucker he banged up his shoulder got taken out in this one but Darnell Brody nineteen points eighteen rebounds solidifies how good he is. Then the last one, UIC at Evansville. Ben Hummerkau's back, 17-point win for uh, the Aces and the look ahead this weekend real quick. Bradley at Illinois State, the war on 75 or whatever it's called, six-point favorite for Bradley. Murray State is a six-point underdog at UNI. Belmont, four-and-a-half underdog at Missouri State. Evansville, one-point favorite on the road at Falpo and Drake. Indiana State does not have a spread yet that's going to come out late so that's a big one on five o'clock on ESPN two. I
0: mean that's a clear example right there though is us knowing like we're two and four in our last six games and one of those games is coming back on a team that literally has lost their whole ability at home as well they just did the same exact thing and lost by two against Illinois State exact same thing so that's when you know it's A little bit – it was all Murray not scoring in 12 minutes in the game that we had against them. And our comeback, it shows just the struggle bus that they're on. So it's really nothing – it's always you can hang your hat on something like that. But when you look at – like dive deeper, it's like, well, that team's just struggling. And you caught them on just a terrible day. And it just shows both teams just middle-of-the-pack teams clear and clear clear right there. So that definitely kicked off the week, as you said. And then, yeah, some other – I mean, it's – it shows that no matter if any team at their home court has Indiana state on the ropes, it does not matter. They will find ways to win. And kudos to Belmont for continuing to show that they're a really good home team, but just, they're really a two man show. Like Davidson played well, you'll have these other like role players playing well, but, um, when you're able to, you know, hold Indiana state to, you know, just playing a close game throughout, Dan Mueller was on the March to the arch and, uh, he was just talking about just, and we'll dive into it when we play them again, and just how teams like even Drake tomorrow can beat them. And they already did. So just kind of do what you did it again, but you're on the road. And it's like, just slow the game down. And he mentioned the Missouri State matchup at the NSA. They slowed the game down against the Second Morris, but it did not matter. Still, they still won by 20. So it's a, but that's how you have a chance to beat them. And I guess Belmont kind of plays that way. They kind of play just spread. They have two star players. So that always gives you a chance in the end. But, Nobody can put them away. Um, and, yeah, Valpo on the road going. And Drake is now – they'll be on a 17-game win streak when we play them in a couple games, at home at least. And Valpo gave them, I think, a tougher test than we're going to here in the coming days. And then, yeah, you and I just got outmatched in that game at Carver. Again, we were staring at that game and couldn't get it done. Uh, there were some really good – there's some really good games tomorrow. Really, every single one is a really good game. The Battle for I, the the – the uh, Battle of '74, yeah, whatever they call it, there is a really good game. In terms of just Illinois State's playing fine, they're playing fine recently, but they get it at home. The atmosphere is gonna be phenomenal. Evansville Valpo, two bottom teams, but a really good matchup in Valpo. Uh, Murray State U and I, you know, in terms of if we would have won, it'd be like, okay. We want Murray. We're two games Apple on them. You know, beat U and I, that'd be great for us. But now we don't even know who to, you know, whatever for that game starts at the same time as us. As Belmont at Missouri State. This is one of those for the Bears. If they win this and then have their next game, I think they're at U and I, they can win those. And then they'll be and then they'll be rolling. And then Drake Indiana State will be so much fun at five o'clock tomorrow. Cannot wait to tune into that one after whatever the heck happens in our game. A standings check real quick. Uh, as we know, Sycamores remain at the top, 10 and one all alone. Drake at nine and two, Bradley with a two-game lead over the next batch. They're eight and three. Us and you and I are six and five. Uh Illinois State, Murray, Missouri State, and Belmont all five and six. So right behind us. So it can be you're around four or five. Next thing you know, you're at you're at like seven or eight. That's how crazy this is. And then you have Evansville just one game behind as well. So uh and then Valpo two and nine, and then one and ten UIC. So things are crunching there in the middle. We'll see how it you know happens from here on out. Uh we had probabilities as well. I mean, no, they had us. I mean, it kind of moves us down what they had us as the um uh, they had us as the um, uh, you know, fifth. Probably best odds for fifth. You can roll into that if you wouldn't care and then uh and then we'll talk about cause someone also I think quoted or put a picture of the what the games would look like or what the matchups would look like if Arch Madness ended today. And we'll just take a look at that because then we'll also Provide some positivity in just the scope of we keep saying like whatever other teams have and whatever we have, it's, you know, because, you know, or whatever it is, the probabilities of us being able to still do what we kind of want to do and get a favorable matchup or do something like it's in our hands. It's always in our hands, but we'll dive into those and we'll see what kind of those early matchups look like before we move on again.
1: Yeah, obviously with the rush stretch, you're still exactly kind of obviously you wanted to close out and get a game on you and I but cuz they obviously have beat us head to head once and so to play them last game of the season but um you're still right where you want to be potential chance to get out of Thursday to get that 4 seed and um you even have a 4% chance at that 3 seed um according to the simulations and they have us getting the 5 seed right now at 32% Um, You and I would be the four. Then if you look at everything else, Missouri state has the highest chance right now at the six, obviously only playing them once. If we tie with them, you know where the tiebreaker goes, but um, definitely a lot of probabilities. We have um, 27 at four, 32, 20 at six, and a 10% at seven, then five at eight, 2% nine, 1%, 10 0% chances at 11 and 12. So you're not finishing last, but there is no more chances. You have 0% at the two seed. I think it was at 1% the last time they did that, but you're still right where you should, should be even with our downfall. But you're right. Like I said, you're right where you want to be in the mix of things because that, that really, I mean, I don't include you and I, but the us, the five through the nine is just, the teams speaking of roller coaches of seasons i mean all all of us are just bad basketball teams right now so except except missouri state they're playing well
0: yeah and it's all about again we'll be you know the biggest month of brian's career you know is what he always preaches of you want to play your best in february hits well you started february on the worst of notes and you know you, the fact that you say it every year you need to live up to it and the biggest year yet so you know just holding on to that but it's you know knowing how dicey it's going to get and again it's it's your one just a couple stretches away and we'll lose the game two games from now the next or the, like next wednesday and then we'll see where you're at and especially after tomorrow in the dog fight but it's crazy how quick it can flip and we'll see if it does but you know whatever the bracket would look like today, we would be, the, yeah, be the five, two thirty Thursday game. We'd be playing Valpo who gives us tough, tough, whatever's at the 12 winner gets you and I, of course, Belmont Evans. So an interesting game. Seven and 10 gets Drake, Missouri state at the six getting UIC 11. Another interesting game winner gets Bradley Bradley would not want to see Missouri state. And then a game where they've had a lot of tough battles so far in the two games. They played Murray state and Illinois state the eight, nine winner gets Indiana state. So I don't think Indiana State would have a problem with either of those teams, but that, those Thursday games are are pretty good. And, again, the way we want to be in that tournament, we want to enjoy Thursday, and it looks bleak right now. We'll see just how it can remain the rest of the way. But playing 230, that's where this stands. We could drop and then play later in the night on, on Thursday, of course, but uh, just not a favorable thing, and that's where it would stand today. Um, so then there's that, and then – we uh we had a guy, we had a player 2024 go. We mentioned how we're just not getting these guys. Three star Connor Amundsen uh announced that so he's going to Dartmouth, of course. So it's like, okay, you know, we know that uh what's his name went to went to Princeton. So you know that these kids are really smart and they can go to good basketball schools. And another con of Brian and what we built here is you gotta have a GPA that's that's high enough and it's You know, and if you're that first, then you need to go get these guys that are not only, you know, apparently three stars, but have the smarts to carry like a GPA and a career and stuff like that. And when you can't get guys like they're not saying we were like in the final whatever for this kid, but we were an option. And when you can't even land players like this, that you know, love school and and take it, you know, take it serious. And you take it that serious more than anything. You can't lane him That says something. So that just shows you, you need to take a step back. And knowing that besides incentives to his contract, it's not the end all be all for getting a GPA or a certain thing. You keep bringing up the Liberty football team or whoever football team talked about recently, their 2.8 GPA. They were like flaunting. it. it's like, that's not good. Like, if that's good, then we should do that. And we should be getting all the players we want. If it takes a step back in it. And we'd be better than we are. So that's a a whole nother conversation as well, but another con of it. So we lose that on Connor Munson to Dartmouth. Uh, And then other than that, we'll, we'll touch on the mailbag at the end, but no, let's get through this UIC preview here. Um, Beat them by 12 in the last game, uh, but it was dicey. We, We pulled away in a sketchy matchup. And then as we know, the two games last year combined like four points, we beat them by, or three. They play us really tough for some reason. And, Good last year. You know, we know about the team they have this year. Isaiah Rivera did really well against us, you know, last year. O'Connor shot one of ten. If he shot better, they beat us. They're at home, and they play really well at home. They've showed it recently, and we're expecting another just back-and-forth, just blood pressure kind of game that really shouldn't be knowing you're playing a one-in-ten team. But, no, that doesn't matter because, again, they're playing well at home, and just the way we're playing, anything can happen. Let's dive into the Flames for the second time.
1: Yeah, definitely a team where – obviously one and 10 in the conference they're oh and six on the road only one and four on the road so i mean this is a team where we i mean i hate matching up with them i mean they're not very good offensively they've gotten better here in recent games here and there but this is a this is a team where they give us fits like you said this is where we got to make the trip up l- last year and s- sit sit next to chancellor lane then uh one of the other big Saluki fans is uh, Captain Dodut Sam and just sit courtside and watch this game up close and see it, see it came down to the wire. Then, yeah, you you talked about the home game there, O'Connor's worst performance of his career and um, up two at halftime. Then you're outscoring by 10 in that second half, um, pull away a little bit there down the stretch. and I mean, that's you got 31 from X that game. Um, you got 12 – from Clarence, AJ was still off the bench, played decently well, but um, Trey Miller got like 30 seconds in that game. Scotty only got two minutes. That's when Yovan was still playing. Um, a lot of things have happened since then, and especially a lot of things have happened differently for them. Obviously Marquise Kennedy's made some starts since, since then and playing better. Obviously he had the mask on and when we played them, but yeah, CJ Jones, Isaiah Rivera, Scoball, he struggled against us. I think he was 0 for 4 against us. Um, I think he was coming off an injury at that point too. Um, But he's going to play a lot better at home being in that gym than O'Connor. I mean, we know the matchup for him, so it's going to be a big A.J. Canard. And that's another thing that when Canard was starting, he's kind of dwindling away from the rotation as well. So that's another rotation thing I failed to mention earlier. But this is a team where – You got to, you're going to have to play, they're going to play hard-nosed defense and can you not let them get hot at their own building and guard that three-point line? They're not a great three-point. I think they're shooting like 34% as a team or 33% as a team from three. So not a great, but Rivera can shoot it. Obviously, Scobal, Brunel off the bench and some other guys, you have to guard it a little bit, but um, this is where a team where you, you, you have the favorable matchups where you want them. Um, obviously, definitely think all three all three bigs should get a lot of minutes because um, this should be a Jared Hensley and let if Brownell or Scoball's in let Scotty take advantage. Clarence's obviously all three of those bigs are I think better than all both their bigs. So see if we have to force them to play Cameron Fins, the sophomore seven footer from um, Iowa, and get them in matchups where we can show. Obviously, this is why they're 1-10 and and we can go on the road and take care of business because obviously this is a game you have to have, but I just have a feeling that they got to win one at some point, and obviously they get a win at home against Valpo back on January 6th, and now they haven't won since then, had some opportunities. I mean, they lost by six at home against Indiana State, and they played them, gave them all they wanted, so this just gives me an eerie feeling about tomorrow.
0: Yeah, I mean, them losing seven straight, but just the way they're playing that game in particular against Illinois State or Indiana State where they, yeah, lose by six. They had moments. They were literally not had them on the ropes. I mean, they, well, they were beating them like halfway through the second half, though, and it took just Indiana State grinding away. And we know about, again, like when you they have a star player, Isaiah Rivera, not, he's not going to make an All-Valley team like maybe where he was – where his trajectory maybe could have been before they absolutely slid to oblivion uh, but he'll be on a newcomer team and you just know it. if you have a good player go-to player you'll hit shots and that's what he'll do you mentioned their bigs and their ability to shoot I mean you're right Scoball was hurt yeah, it was his first game back and he didn't score and he would, just wasn't himself definitely expect him to be good at his place yeah and um, luckily our bigs overplays, so they'll be at least guarding them really tight at the three-point line I mean they're both I I, I don't know about Fins and Brownell but I want to say is an okay passer but the three pointer is what they do best. So, if you're, again, it's natural for them to overplay because then it'd be a typical game of if you overplay NJ Benson and Donovan Clay, what the hell are you doing? But then you're supposed to overplay against these shooters and then they don't. They literally aren't thinking in the moment. And next thing you know, there's space and then there's threes. And you can see that happening. And again, O'Connor's not going to shoot that bad again. He isn't. He's going to win defensive player of the year. He's incredible. Uh he was showing that at times in in the first matchup. Uh expect him on X a lot. If he's guarding like a Troy, that's a win. And just because size that matches up, but uh he will be on X. They will throw everybody on X. CJ Jones, we've said, is a most improved candidate, phenomenal, good passer. Uh you said Kennedy, yeah. You know, maybe he's turning it around just a little bit. I mean, he's just he's too good, whether he's dealing with injuries or not, he's too like important of a player and has that skill set that can win games with and they have other players too, but again, it's boiled down to the bigs being able to shoot and then Rivera and Ocani changing the game. And yeah, it was fun. We were able to go there last year and it was on a weekend. So it was just really convenient. It was the last road game of the season. And we wish that it could have that's when we cemented a three seed in Arch Madness and we would have really loved to uh go again. It just didn't, you know, match up being a one o'clock game. We said, you know, we might have took it off work if we would have won at Missouri State or won against Missouri State. It's kind of the craziness of it because we said if we would have uh what was it if we wouldn't have held on against Valpo we wouldn't have went at Murray State the next the next games and we went and that ended up being what it was so uh we we'll probably won't go to another road game until we want to go to Nashville in the middle of the week coming up not sure if that will happen but uh count on us at Evansville at the end of the season that's on a Sunday but it would have been awesome to get the same seats here this year but they're going to have to try to win without us and I got an eerie feeling as well. You know, you would say any team that loses the way they do and everyone's been saying, you know, you know, can't wait to watch this team, you know, turn it around or you get the comeback or whatever the verbiage is, uh, you know, bouncing back is the word. And it's like, well, I don't know, just because again, UIC the way they play us you know, at home and just everything else. No one, you have at Drake on the horizon. You easily need this game and know if we were to, dive into here before we move on quickly to that final mailbag one, touching this up. Cause we haven't really done predictions here in a while. We'll, we'll predict a spread. I'll let you handle that and we'll try to predict it. But if you said dog of the game with perhaps, yeah, it's perhaps some bigs. Yeah. I mean, I think it's really hard to say. It's almost like, a, you know, like we need to pick the same guys and it's like, you want to pick someone different, but it's like, you can't. Jarrett for sure needs to play. Uh, this just it works out perfectly for him to play, but I'll go with Scotty because I think he can get uh he can get his fourteen that he had recently. He can get anything else. It's just if they're going to, he's not going to get an all bench team like I like I want. If he's barely going to play, uh, but I'll go with Scotty if he gets in double figures. I think we have a great chance. But uh, if you did touch on that already, I apologize. But if you were to do that and then a potential spread in your overall final predictions,
1: yeah, uh, dog of the game. Like I said, it's a it's a big matchup for our wings. So I'm gonna go with AJ Ferguson in this one to match up. He's got to play better than he did last game, and we need him because he's really. I mean, Trent's obviously stepped up here and got 15 from Troy the other night, but he's been that second that second scorer for us in a lot of the good good moments of this year. It feels like so he's gonna step up, and it's gonna be a tough game. Uh, if I think. I think uh, I think there is a spread out I think I was gonna say around four four and a half it is three three and a half so uh obviously wow. our our last six games here Vegas has seen it and obviously we've seen it if you look at their home games they play everybody tough at home so um I'm gonna I would take the minus in that I think this has to be a bounce back game if it's not um it could get ugly because if you look too far ahead. We, everybody knows what next Wednesday is going to Drake and what's going to happen there. So uh, it's gotta be a, a bounce back game. And yeah, it's, I like your Scotty pick if he gets the momentum and gets to play, because it's, that's up to Brian Mullins in the
0: end. Yeah. And they're just string beans, you know, guarding them down there to where you think he would have the advantage there, but it's, it's an absolute must win. No doubt about it. And knowing that if, if, if you lose this and you lose the next one, you're spiraling, and then you I don't think you can save it to to do what you want to do. And we've always said, you know, the 60 might not be the worst thing. But, again, playing on Thursday is the worst thing, and we're just going to have to live with it at the end of the day. If they lose this one, if they go one-on-one the next two and then take it from there, so be it. Uh, but, yeah, so I that's a low number, but I agree they're playing better. It, it makes sense as to why it would be then. I remember initially I was thinking like a little bit over five, but three definitely makes sense. I will take the minus as well because they desperately need to do it. So we'll end here. I'll just touch on Alex Zimmerman, who's one of our big followers, gets in touch with us and sends us a lot of information. And we really appreciate it talking about asking us about the rotation. I think we've, we've touched on it a lot so far. And it's a lot of it's based off, you know, Jared Hensley and what we already think as well. And talking about how he needs to play the four and, you know, he's one of the offensive weapons, uh, and he says he could he thinks we can maximize our lineup a lot more at times and you know saying yeah you know involving Troy and all that and I think I said that earlier you know playing Troy at the three perhaps him and then Jared and then one of the bigs preferably Scotty uh through stretches that can you know change the outcome of a lot of different games and he said how Jared shut the three extremely well this season and uh couldn't agree more and it's like yeah that's does seem like that's all of Troy's offense and you know, Jarrett's a good he hit the corner three against Illinois State, but he can hit the he can hit the uh the uh top of the arc three as well at a at a pretty good clip. Again, they're just not getting the looks. The X and Jarrett pick and roll look like it could have been unsolvable there. The first couple games Jarrett was playing, and then they've just gone away from it in every which way we've already mentioned, but he is saying the uh just again, the rotations Then, Alex they definitely need to change. And we kind of responded to, you know, to you about that about you cannot get to milk in the clock near the end of the shot clock and everything you said here. And the, the examples of Murray and everything. And he, he even mentioned Sheridan three, four minute run. We couldn't agree more. Uh, if it's barely going to be trade it needs to be Sheridan. And uh, we, we liked what we, what we saw the other night and Sheridan needs to find, you know, scopes of minutes, but just can't foresee it. Uh, unfortunately. So uh, definitely some good thoughts there, Alex. We appreciate you keep it coming and everyone can be like Alex more feel free to DM us again or comment whenever we, we do get a lot of comments on like final tweets as we should I kind of expected a lot more when we posted about the, uh, the people being able to say something to us, but we'll develop more mailbags over the course of time. And we, we, I know the majority of what people are wanting to talk about more, but in terms of the season itself, I guess, what can you say? There's really nothing to say of the, besides the obvious. So everybody feel free to again keep doing that. We'll keep, talking about what you guys have for us the rest of the year. Uh, but just the rinse and repeat of recaps and previews, and we'll see if the dogs can turn it around. That starts at 1 o'clock tomorrow. We'll be streaming it during work, and we'll see what happens. Do not lose this game. So, for Nick Malone. No Lurch As always, they have to turn it around. Go dogs.